We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. John, 2025 offensive recruiting. Let's get into the conversation, okay? So Notre Dame's off to a good start in several key areas. Obviously, Deuce Knight, 2025 quarterback out of the state of Mississippi, is committed in the class. You have two running backs and Daniel Anderson and Justin Thurman committed in the class. You also have a tight end in James Flanagan out of Wisconsin, of course, the son of former Notre Dame great Jim Flanagan Jr. You also have Will Black in the class at offensive tackle. So let's talk, Sean, position by position where things are currently, who are the players that you should know, and also what are the remaining question marks that need to be answered at several different positions. So quarterback, you're done. You don't need another quarterback in the 2025 class. Deuce Knight is the guy, obviously. You have two running backs in the class too. Notre Dame is still recruiting guys like James Simon, for instance, but as of today, you could end the class right now and Notre Dame is good at running back. You're good. You could also be good at tight ends. You know, you could just take James Flanagan in 2025, and you're good. I do think Notre Dame's taking looks at guys. They were just Mike Denbrock was just out to see Lincoln Cure out of the state of Kansas, Goodland, Kansas, this past mm-hmm. week. A a very high level tight end in the 2025 group. So there's some interest there, Sean. But we're going to spend more time on the needs per se on this podcast. 
And let's start wide receiver. Sean, did you see, uh, have you seen 2025 Bishop Gorman wide receiver, Derek Meadows out of Las Vegas? Did you see his performance at uh, Battle Miami last week? Did you see that, man? Pretty you, good. If anybody missed it, I don't think I've heard anybody that covers or covered that event that had anything negative to say about that kid. He definitely was one of the biggest standouts from that event down in Miami. And the news yep. from a recruiting standpoint, as far as how he feels about Notre Dame, and, and this is what I've gathered, and I want to get your opinion on this because we talk about this offensively. Mike Brown must make a hell of a first impression. When we talk to these kids that are wide receivers, his first impression must be darn good. It must be darn good because we're talking about some of these receivers that have kind of had their love for Notre Dame reignited because yeah. Notre Dame started recruiting them with the previous coach. Sure. And usually there's, you know, a leveling off or even a decline when that happens. Mike Brown is, man, contacted some of these kids that were previously recruited by the, the other coach. And all of a sudden Notre Dame is, yo, that, that fire is bright, burning hot once again. And it leads me to believe, like, the first impression from Mike Brown, even the carryover, right? Because Taylor and Taylor, for example, carryover relationship. Yeah. Right? Taylor and Taylor goes to junior day. The way he's talking now, after hitting up junior day and seeing him, seeing Mike Brown at Notre Dame, it just makes you feel like that you have a wide receiver coach, whether it's guys that are currently on the roster and the way they performed in the Sun Bowl after we saw them perform all year. Yep. He has to have something about him that immediately draws respect from young men and makes young men want to play for him. I mean, yes. and maybe I'm looking into it a little bit too deep, but I don't think right you are. It's very, very promising for this yep. offensive class, especially at the wide receiver position. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Now, I, I think that there's a lot of great early relationships, and I think that those are, uh, in some cases, pre-existing relationships. Like you mentioned Taylor and Taylor, and we'll talk about Mr. Taylor here in a couple minutes, Sean, because he's a player that is still a priority for Notre Dame in the 2025 class. I wanted to start it out with Derek Meadows, though, because going into that battle Miami, right, mm-hmm. this is kind of where it's been. Notre Dame, Washington, we're kind of duking it out for Derek Meadows, you know, who was going to be the team in the end. And when the coaching change happened and Kalen DeBoer left for Alabama, Notre Dame has, it, it was the assumed leader at that point. And I know there was even some crystal balls that were thrown in about Derek Meadows. And I don't disagree. Like, I think that Notre Dame is, it, it was in prime position to land Derek Meadows because they were numbered. They were top two. And then one of them dropped out basically. And, Notre Dame had a chance, obviously, or still has a very good chance. I mean, I still think they're the leader. But, Sean, Battle Miami is going to make things a little bit more difficult because what are yeah. we seeing coming out of it? All a lot of schools are offering, man. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama, some other SEC schools. Apparently, he's going to take a visit to Tennessee, which is a school that he has some interest in, right? So there is some legitimate interest for Derek Meadows, which – it was only a matter of time. I mean, you don't make six five six six that can run like that. Like you just, you just don't make too many of those guys on on the planet Earth. Like it just doesn't exist too often. So Notre Dame's in a good position, Sean, but they gotta be ready to battle, man. This is gonna be a big test for Mike Brown because you just said something. Mike Brown does a good job making good relationships, and I talked to Derek Meadows over the last couple of weeks, and he has a lot of great things to say about about Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. But ultimately. Notre Dame is going to have to fend off and really fight for to be the number one team for Derek Meadows moving forward because there is going to be a whole lot of competition. Moving like forward. I said, they've been in great position. I would have probably said that Washington might have had a slight lead, if not even yeah. with Notre Dame. You, you could have you could have convinced that. me either way. Like one day you could have said, "Watch it." I'd be like, "Yeah." Notre yeah. Dame, other days, like, "Yeah." They were jockeying for number one. There's no doubt about and it. And when you watch that, I give them the advantage because Derek Meadows can look and say, "Yo, I can see myself at Roman Odunze in that offense." Like right. he had guys going to the NFL this year that he could say, "Yo, I can see myself in that offense," and that probably would have been part of the pitch. Now, you know. All things kind of change. Notre Dame is right there because of the work they put in previously. Now they have an advantage, and they should take advantage of that. Yeah, they they have the advantage, and they should be able to take advantage of that. But dude, this, this is this twenty five class is going to be about work, right? They big time, big time people still on the board, and yeah. most of those kids you're going to have to man, you're going to have to work. I think we said it the wide receiver position for the best wide receivers it's rare that top wide receivers commit yeah like wide receivers yep. the top what 10 receivers usually go to the, a couple of them might commit early but usually those guys go down to the end like even yeah. up to the yeah fall. Well, I, I think wide receivers like the publicity a little bit they like the recruiting oh, process a little bit think? more than some like they yeah, man, they they do tend to wait a little bit. I mean, there was a wide receiver in this last year's class on that was a pretty like highly recruited player that I know for a fact ended up at a school 
just because he waited too long and there weren't spots left at other schools. You know what I mean? Like that happens, mm-hmm. man. It really does. So yeah, they, they tend to wait a little bit, which is why I think they're still waiting on the first wide receiver to commit in the 2025 class. But Derek Meadows is a priority player for Notre Dame. He has been for some time, even before the coaching change happened, Notre Dame valued him quite heavily in the talent he has. Another guy that they've been very high on for a long time. And you already mentioned him is Geneva, Illinois community wide receiver, Tylen Taylor, who Mr. Taylor, six foot one, 175 pounds, a potential elite wide receiver in the 2025 class. He's a legit top 50 ish type of wide receiver in the class. And things were kind of, I, I would call it stagnant for a little bit, Sean. Like I think Notre Dame was in a solid to good spot, but I would say there's a couple other schools that were in a solid to good spot as well. I, I just don't really think there was, a, there was a early hierarchy of schools for, for Taylor. Like I, I, I think it was more, you know, Ohio state offer. They're going to be in the conversation. He liked Michigan a little bit. Georgia was a school he kind of liked, but it wasn't like a, you know, Notre Dame is the absolute leader. Georgia's the absolute leader. Michigan's the absolute leader. Like, there's a bunch of teams that are jockeying at the top for Taylor and Taylor, right? And and so you were waiting for him to get back on campus. He had been on he's been on campus four times already, including most recently during that ice storm. Man, right. got back for Junior Day, which I think is a great sign because we reported a big reason that he made that trip was because of Mike Brown. Like Mike Brown, just stay persistent with it. Like I oh, just really want you to get down here take a look, talk to me, like do all that type of stuff. And he made the trip, Sean. He made the trip, which obviously tells you that there is some low, high level of interest there for Taylor and Taylor. Oh, absolutely. And I think in this battle, I think his mother is very pivotal in his recruiting. And she wasn't able to make the trip because she was attending a wedding that weekend. So he came without his mother and she usually accompanies him to most of his visits. And she talked about how excited he was, you know, coming out of the trip and how he enjoyed his time with Mike Brown. So, you know, mothers tend to love Notre Dame. That that is something that we picked up as well. Mothers tend to love Notre Dame. And in this situation, I think we know the contenders for this young man. Uh, This type of receiver, once again, he can go anywhere. But he, he has his pick of lay of the land. Wherever he wants to go play football, he can go play. It's going to come down to Notre Dame and Mike Brown being able to put in the work. With this young man, I'm going to say, watch this spring and early summer. If he gets to Notre Dame for a spring practice, if he comes back for a blue and gold yep. game, if he, that's going to start to be the telltale for this young man. Right? Yep, I agree. And the fact that he, once again, heeded the word of Mike Brown, it was terrible up here. I know it was terrible with the ice storm in South Bend, and it wasn't too good up here in the Chicago land area. <laughs> no. So, and Sean, he had to big. travel back. He had to. So, so Taylor had to. He drove up Saturday because the family had a wedding, and then had to drive back that night to get mm-hmm. to the reception on time as well. So, like, he braved the elements to make that trip. There's no doubt about it, man. Absolutely. So, when you talk about that. Pick up on, like, that's meaningful. That lets you know. We're not saying that Notre Dame is the leader for this young man or they're second. What we're saying is Notre Dame, you give your time, energy, and love to the things that are important to you. 
something like that shows that Notre Dame is pretty important to him at this stage in recruiting because he gave Notre Dame his time on a day where he didn't have that much time, the energy of making the trip, and yo, his appreciation for Mike Brown, which came across after the trip. So that bodes well. That bodes well. So another couple of wide receivers that I would just keep a closer eye on that it seems that the, that the Notre Dame staff is in favor with, for, because again, Taylor Taylor is not going to commit until after official visits this off season. That is going to be a stop. I think he told me July was kind of his, his the time that he wanted to make a commitment. So it, it was in July after, after officials and, you know, kind of letting the schools make their final pitch and him to do his little bit of his soul searching so that'll kind of be the timeline. Other two wide receivers, Sean, that Notre Dame's in good position for, I would say they're in a, a warm category if we're talking about a hot board specifically. One is Jerome Bettis Jr., who, wide receiver, out of the state of Georgia, goes to Woodward Academy in Atlanta, Georgia, son of Notre Dame Hall of Famer, running back Jerome Bettis, who there's been a lot of... There's been a lot of back and forth about Jerome Bettis Jr., Sean, and I completely get it. I completely get it because I really want him to take a big jump as a senior because as of right now, I just it's still hard to see, right? It's still a little bit hard to see. You're trying to bet on the genes a little bit there. So hopefully he's able to take a big step as a senior, but regardless, Notre Dame has been consistent with pushing for Jerome Bettis Jr. for some time now. They have been the leader for a long time for whatever reason. There's a little bit of a holdup of making a commitment. I think Notre Dame will be the pick. I think Notre Dame would be the pick today. But ultimately, you have to, I guess, close here on Jerome Bettis Jr. because there isn't a there isn't a decision date that has been finalized or anything like that. Notre Dame is certainly the leader, but will it end at some point, I guess, is the question. Or when will it end? Eventually. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We can evaluate, we can talk about his film, but ultimately, you know, all of these young men, whether they're five, four stars, <laughs> Ryan Roberts gives his opinion, Sean Davis gives his opinion, you know, mm-hmm. the future of these young men are in their hands and the work they're willing to put in. Uh, he has some talent. He has some talent. Is that talent going to grow? Is this senior film going to show that he's taking a step? I will say this. He seems to get along quite well and have the respect of the other guys in the class that have committed. Uh, him and Elijah Burrs ended up forming a bond and a relationship at the junior day. They might end up being teammates. So, you know, there are some guys that we can look at over our time as a Notre Dame fan or our time working here at Irish Breakdown and say, you know what? I never saw a Jordan Faison coming. Or I never saw a Chris Fink coming. Or I never saw a Robbie Toma coming. There's a place at Notre Dame and college football for guys that, you know, maybe you didn't see it initially, 
and then they get there and their value comes forth. You know, I think Joe Wilkins was right. kind of on that path before his injuries at Notre Dame. Like he was making plays as a true freshman. He wasn't exactly the most talented, you know, most athletic wide receiver, but he just seemed to be making plays in practice and got into games and had some early touchdowns and injuries just derailed his career. Yeah. And so this is, you know, with Jerome Bettis Jr., this might be a young man that we might watch, you know, just take off at some point during his time in Notre Dame if he decides to come to Notre Dame. And we're honest. We're going to be honest. And there's no problem with that. There's no problem with that. We can be honest about the film right now, what we haven't seen. We were honest about Elijah Burris. Like, hey. (laughs) And we'll talk about him next. We'll talk about about Elijah Burris next. Yep. All of these measurables and the film, fantastic. Where's the production? It it, It needs to add up. And so we're waiting for production in his senior season, right? Yeah. And so we're waiting to see some things from Jerome Bettis Jr., you know, in his senior season as well. Yep. I, yes, I think that I am very hopeful that he turns into, because Sean, we had a question about this, and we'll go a little bit more in depth about it in the mailbag. But I remember, it's a little bit of a different situation, but I remember when Bryce Young was offered, man, I was like, what the heck is this? What what the <laughs> heck is that? No, mm-hmm. no, thank you. Full transparency. I watched it. And I'm just like, dude, that's not a Notre Dame player. It's not a Notre Dame player. But then two years later, not only is he a Notre Dame player, he's a top 50 player and, and borderline five star in the 2024 class. Like players get better, players develop, players evolve. That stuff mm-hmm. happens, right? So patience, patience. Because Notre Dame obviously sees something in Jerome Bettis Jr. Outside of his last name, because I know people are going to say, you know, if his name was this, blah, 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 blah. Look, th- you're, they're, go- they're betting on traits. They're betting on athletic gifts, hopefully being able to be developed in the family, right? So, yes, we'll see what happens with Jerome Bettis Jr., but obviously Notre Dame is still the leader, and Notre Dame still the team to beat for them moving forward. Last wide receiver, you already mentioned him, Sean. Elijah Burris who is a receiver out of New Jersey, goes to DePaul Catholic here in North Jersey. He's listed six foot, 175 pounds. Of course, he is the son of former New York Giants wide receiver, Plexico Burris, who was a great player at Michigan State, then went on to an NFL career. Like I said, he was a Pro Bowl caliber player for the New York Giants. And then eventually, I think, finished out with the Pittsburgh Steelers, if I remember correctly. So there's a, probably a relationship there between Bettis and Burris. Elijah Burris has been a very interesting player because his offer list and ranking is nothing that will kind of will impress you much. And his fit and his production last year wasn't great either. I mean, he only had, he had 400 something yards last year. I mean, he averaged a healthy yards per catch. To Paul Catholic, a school that plays a lot of prominent schools here in New Jersey. He's playing against the Bergen Catholics of the world. He's going against, you know, some of the some of the St. Peter's and some of the really good schools here in North Jersey. But production was not great. He was a second leading receiver on the team. But then you pop on the film and you see a lot of things you like about him. I mean, he is a really good route runner, attention to detail. I think he's pretty explosive, pretty quick. You know, I think the long speed is is solid to good. I don't think it's I don't think he's I wouldn't necessarily say he's a 
long speed dynamo. Like he's not a guy that I think is going to consistently take the top off all the time as a vertical outside threat, but he has solid to good speed. Very different player than his dad, by the way. People remember Plexico Burris. Plexico Burris was a 6'5", just monster outside receiver, that one with length and physicality. And, uh, man, oh, David, we're not even talking about what you're talking about, sir, in the chat. I have no idea where that post even came from. It's wild. Um, and I disagree with, with that sentiment, by the way. But we'll talk about that uh, in the mailbag, if you would like. I don't know. We'll talk about that. Steelers drafted Plexico, did they? I, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry, Anthony. I didn't mean to uh, put any bad information out there. I do not remember them drafting him. But anyway, regardless, he is a player that brings a lot of tangible traits to the table that are exciting. Obviously, like we just talked about with Jerome Bettis Jr., he has the NFL bloodlines. He has the gene pool to pull from, which you hope that he takes a, another big step as a senior. I do believe, I do believe that he is a player that has upside that he can bring to the table and has projection that he can potentially bring to the table. Now, Sean, he visited for junior day as well, Elijah Burris, and coming out, feel really good about where Notre Dame is. And it seems, at least on the on the on the outside, I would I would think that he might be a player that Notre Dame is potentially going to push for in the class. And we, we shall see if that ends up happening. But regardless, Notre Dame seems to like Elijah Burris, and there seems to be some reciprocated interest there. So Notre Dame is definitely a threat to end up with Elijah Burris eventually. Once again, the only thing we're waiting to see is the production. Right? That's it. Like, film. We understand why Mike Brown made the offer. We understand why Notre Dame made the offer. If the production lines up and elevates next season, Notre Dame can end up getting a steal in Elijah Burris in the 25 class at the wide receiver position. And like you said, once again, seems like a great first impression. Another young kid that speaks highly of Mike Brown. And, yo, seems like he's – Feeling pretty good about his relationship with Notre Dame at this point is recruiting, you know, but this is a, I, I wonder how these conversations go with all of these new offers and limited spots. How do these conversations go? Right. Because we're talking about Notre Dame as a staff being honest. So if they're having honest conversations. Are they saying, you know, we love your film. We love your tape. Like we really want to see you you know, start to produce on the field next year, you know, but we, we really love you. We would like to have you here, but, you know, I want you to work on this, work on that, maybe come back for the Irish invasion, you know, do this, do that. And then, you know, Derek Meadows is like, uh, tomorrow, when are you ready to come? Like, we, we can start building your locker, like, right now. Like, when do you want to come? It's like, do you think there are differing conversations that are going on with these new offers? You know, is Lex Cyrus uh, a more aggressive offer? Is Lex Cyrus a different type of conversation, more along the lines of, dude, we want you because we know Penn State is on you. We know Penn State is heavily on you. And Penn State has been known to get the best wide receivers out of Pennsylvania historically. I'm, I'm very interested in what type of conversations are happening because people are sitting here asking us, you know, where would you rank them? What would be your preference? I'm very interested in 
what the preferences are within the yeah. you know Notre Dame offensive staff and how those conversations are ongoing because I think it's going to be very impactful in how we see things play out, especially with these visits, upcoming visits in the spring and going right. into the summer. Oh man, I'm about to black Tommy in the chat, by the way, sir. My Sean, I completely forgot about Plexico with the Steelers early in his career, man. What a terrible person I am. What an absolute terrible person. I, I remember him when he was actually, you know, really good with the Giants and not when he was solid to good in, in Pittsburgh. But otherwise, whatever. Anyway, that's the wide receiver board, though, right now. Look, there's going to be guys that figure into the conversation. Sean just mentioned Lex Cyrus. Can you get him up to campus? There's a couple other wide receivers that you would love to get. Quincy Porter maybe makes a return trip. I mean, there's a few guys that Notre Dame is going to be continuing to look for. But ultimately, what are the things that we know, Sean? The things that we know today are they are recruiting Derek Meadows hard. They're recruiting Taylor and Taylor hard. They mm -hmm. like Elijah Burris. And they are going to continue to evaluate uh, or not evaluate. They're going to continue to push for Jerome Bettis Jr. as well. That's exactly what we're at right now with wide receiver. Now let's go to, because we're going to skip tight end. We'll see if Notre Dame pushes for Lincoln Cure or not, or another tight end on the board, maybe Nicholas Townsend. We will see. That is to be determined. We do know, though, that there are potentially three open spots on the offensive line. Now, we're not going to talk a lot about Owen Strebeck because we talked about it earlier in the show. In the first section, we talked a lot, a long time about Owen Strebeck. Let's talk about two other offensive linemen, Sean. Jack Lang. Out of Eureka, Missouri, six foot eight, 275 pounds. Fast rising offensive lineman in the class, Sean. He's gotten a lot of interest, especially after his junior season, because he had a huge year, absolute huge year. And um, his body filled out a lot comparative to sophomore year. I actually went back and watched some sophomore film. He got a lot bigger, a lot stronger, and his body continued to grow. He made his second trip to campus couple weekends ago for the junior day. Sean, heading into that visit, I kind of put it like this. I think that there were obviously interest in Notre Dame. I think that Jack liked Notre Dame, but I think that they had been a little bit late to the table, so Notre Dame needed to make a huge impression during junior day. And mm -hmm. they did. They did. Leaving that visit, I would call Notre Dame the leader for Jack Lang. They've visited him uh, since the open period opened as well. You know, they've been out to Missouri to see Jack Lang and at his school. So, Sean, I would say it like this. As of moving forward, I think Notre Dame, as of today, things can always change. But as today, Notre Dame is the team to beat for Jack Lang, one of the more talented offensive linemen in the 2025 class. I think Malik told me best. He said, you know, South Bend is only – a place you can love if you experience it. And that's why getting these young men on campus is so vitally important, especially with this staff. So I wasn't shocked, you know, having conversations with you about Jack Lane, you know, leading into that junior day. But I'm not shocked that he fell in love not only with South Bend, Notre Dame, but more importantly, the offensive line culture. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most impressive things for kids that come to Notre Dame as offensive linemen on visits will always be the time they spend with other offensive linemen, whether it's commits, other recruits, or the time they get to spend with the actual players on the team, if they get a chance to do that. It is really something to behold. 
and stories come out of that. Even if kids decide to commit elsewhere, they will tell you about the weekend they got to spend moving pretty much as a herd <laughs> throughout South Bend and the love and appreciation that exists within that group that was established years ago that still resonates today. And so I'm not shocked at all that Jack Lane came, got that experience, and walked away saying, yo, it kind of exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like this, Sean, he came so he came for a he came for a visit for the USC game. The USC game was the one that he was at. But he left there and he didn't get offered until 18 days after that. So I felt like I, this is just my read on the situation. I felt like he really liked the campus, but then not getting offered during the visit, I think kind of tarnished it a little bit, you know, as far as like the overall experience. So, but I think that obviously they were able to rekindle that interest as soon as they offered him, they've shown him what Notre Dame football stands for and getting down that visit with a offer officially on him and a priority player on the offensive line for 2025 Notre Dame is moving in a great direction. You need to keep the momentum, harness it, and finish this one out. But ultimately, mm -hmm. you are, in my opinion today, the team to beat for Jack Lyon. Last one. Last offensive lineman that we'll talk about because there are other guys on the board. I think we had a mailbag question that I'll hit on briefly. But yes, they are still recruiting Josh Petty out of Georgia, for instance, for one. They went down to see him yesterday on Thursday. But we're talking about realistic options. We're talking about guys in, in a hot board situation where they're warm or they're hot to potentially get a player, right? Like they, so you feel good about where Notre Dame is. Just don't feel like that with Josh Petty. He's never been to campus to your conversation about, you know, Malik kind of illustrating that like things change when you get on campus. And if you never get on campus, usually things don't go anywhere. That's usually mm -hmm. where you are. Matty Augustine's the other one, Sean. He's been to campus multiple times. He was at junior day as well as the offensive tackle out of the state of Connecticut the teammates of Ethan Long in the, uh, he's out of Brunswick school in Wallingford, Connecticut. Ethan Long committed in the class in the 2025 class at safety is his high school teammates. They play basketball together as well. Sean, this one kind of gives me a weird vibe to a degree. If you ask me today who I think the leader is for Maddie Augustine, I would say Notre Dame. I, I would. But I, I still believe that Matty Augustine's kind of open to other schools right now. I think that he's listening, he's doing his homework. And although I would say probably the leader, I, I just I don't feel comfortable as of today saying they are the team to beat necessarily. They, you could be the leader and still not be the team to beat, if that makes sense, because that means when you're the team to beat, that you're kind of you've made a significant gap, in my opinion. I think that they have a lead potentially, but it's not significant right now. I think that you have to battle for Matty Augustine. He's a guy that can't at Notre Dame. They loved him. They have made him consistently feel like a priority. He likes Notre Dame. But as of today, I would say very simply, you may have a slight lead, but you got to battle for Matty Augustine if you want to close that deal. It is a situation that, you know, just in life you find yourself in where, you know, it seems like the simple decision, but there are contributing factors to that decision. And you want to make sure that you're making a decision for you rather than some of those external factors or contributing factors. And this might be a case where Maddie Augustine is feeling that way. Like, I want to make sure that this is what I want to do and that this is the place for me. 
because it's a lot of other factors that are pointing to, yeah, Notre Dame is the place, you know, like your teammates there. Like, yeah, it's a lot of different factors that, you know, make it seem like it's an easy decision. And I appreciate the young man taking his time and trying to make sure. Like, I want to make sure this is the place that I really want to be. And in that, there's nothing wrong with that taking place. And like you said, Notre Dame still being in a strong position to land his services. Yep. And I mean, like I said, I, I think that Notre Dame is certainly in a good spot. I just want to see them close this one out because I just don't think that it is a foregone conclusion as of right now. Like I, I think there's a couple players that we've talked about that we've hinted at over the last few weeks, Sean, that like there's no, no does Notre Dame still need to fight for them and to close things out for sure. But we also, I think have a general understanding that like, Notre Dame is the team to beat. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, it's not a foregone conclusion per se, but they are the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite at this point. Yeah. So yeah. that's the board, though. Three offensive linemen you're in a good position for. You got to close. A few wide receivers that we hit on, like Talon Taylor, Derek Meadows, Elijah Burris, Jerome Bettis Jr. Those That's really where the offensive class sticks right now, Sean. Could they add a, another running back in James Simon? Possibly. Could they push for a second tight end? Potentially. Are there a couple of the wide receivers that could be on the board ultimately that end up with Notre Dame for sure. Like a four man class at wide receiver potentially could look in so, so many different ways. Like it really could be a lot of different combinations. So we'll see how that ends up. And next week we'll do a defensive hot board and talk to you. And that one's going to be a little bit more extensive because linebacker, like I have to talk about a lot of guys because it's just, it's kind of a jumbled mess right now, to be honest with y'all. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we have clarity on defensive line. We have clarity on corner. We have clarity on safety, but the linebacker class specifically is one that we just need to continue to figure out. And uh, yeah. thank you, David. Thank you for like the obvious stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, but that is the hot board offensively for the 2025 class. We're going to the mailbag next co- uh, folks. If you could please throw your mailbag questions in MB before the question or mailbag before the question. Very much appreciate that. We're going to get into the mailbag, but before we do, please just hit that like button for me. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell and of course share it, but also go to boards.ashbreakdown.com and make sure that you all are signed up for the latest recruiting and team Intel. And we'll catch you guys on the next section mailbag here on the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.